0: Off balance.
1: Life is hard, but if you engage with it, learn from it, go through it, and rather than restricting yourself or trying to control everything. Being an entrepreneur is a lonely place and it can be quite difficult. That experience was probably one of the most transformative and most important experiences I've had ever.
2: Out of sync out of balance in our lives, feeling so familiar to many of us and to many entrepreneurs. The moment when our body gives us the final signal that we need to pause, stop and change the way how we have been living every day. But how to rewind for the more balanced model and what are the practical ways to help us design for it? In this episode, we talk to Emma Obagne, serial entrepreneur and CEO, who is leading today what she calls a lifestyle business a way to sustainably grow your company while enjoying life. Emma experienced everything from therapy, coaching, meditations, psychedelic retreat, moved from London to Barcelona and experimented with a number of other self-explorations to reboot her way as an entrepreneur, as a leader. And mostly, she has been greatly open about all of it in our conversation. Enjoy.
0: This is Naked by The Future Farm where entrepreneurship is stripped to its vulnerable core. Brought to you by vladimir bristinska and Nektarius Liolios. And remember, subscribe, follow and rate Naked to help share it with the world.
2: Emma, I was particularly interested to start together. Um, there was this... I remember when we were sitting in London together, it was probably... I'm not even sure if it's like a year ago or so, sometime back, something like that. that. And you, you told us about the lifestyle business
0: Mm. and I was
2: like, Hmm, that's very interesting. So Mm. I want to start there. Why lifestyle business and what it is, what does it mean for you?
1: Yeah. So I guess that all came from a couple of experiences, one being my previous startup, um, where we were we basically had raised an um an angel round or seed round I guess um and secondly my experience after selling that business um where we spent three months or so in Thailand in Chiang Mai with um you know digital nomads who were not really occupied with raising money or going down that journey and we just you know, living, living their life, building their businesses, you know, single-handedly in in many cases and just traveling around the world. And I realized that there was a different way, even though it sounds so, you know, sounds so logical, right? But most businesses are not venture-backed businesses, but that was the environment and the life that we had been um, occupied by, by the startup community. And I, you know, as much as I love it, it's almost like all geared up to one specific route um to actually having a successful business um and that's all about going down this, this path of raising money and raising more rounds and raising more rounds and so that was when I realized hold them what am I doing here am I living to kind of raise or through um make a business for someone else or am I doing it for myself and actually if I do do it for myself what does that look like and um so after those two experiences, we realized that, um, me and my, my other half, my business partner, um, Elena, that, um, yeah, we wanted something different. Um, we wanted to be able to see the world, live, um, do what we wanted, um, have our weekends fairly free, but also um, build a business that we care about, that we're passionate about, um, and that makes a difference. Yeah. So yeah, that's when we decided to start shaping that, um, and start looking at different ways and, um, taking a leaf out of the book of many friends of ours and people that we'd met who were doing exactly that, um, and actually building, um, startups and life that have values freedom, I would say, or their own personal freedom.
2: So I remember you framed basically if somebody you know just comes across this and to put everything you just described into a short yeah. sentence as a a way to build sustainable work experience work experience mm-hmm. while
1: enjoying life. Yes, exactly, 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 and that's the key. Yeah, you're pu- you're completely right. Oh, you said that, not me. You said that. I didn't, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Sustainable, right? Because you know, look at the period that we're in now. And everyone's going after that same dream, knowing that the statistics weigh heavily against you actually being able to do that. And, um, I don't think there's a memo for it, right? When you first go into entrepreneurship. So everybody's looking at the, the Bill Gates, the Mark Zuckerbergs and actually value, oh, I want to be, I want to be them, but that's so unrealistic. And I don't think people understand how much it can affect you or will affect you and how much isn't taught we're taught about the success stories and we're not taught about the failures and actually real success comes through that resilience that comes from failure and so actually having an emphasis on that will help people to make um informed decisions about whether that path is for them um and whether or not they want to follow the footsteps of I don't know all of these people um so, yeah, so this time round, we were all about sustainability and all about, okay, how can we build a, a life? Because business, you know, when you go down this path, it is your life, right? It's 100%, all of it is your life. It's
2: integrated. So how together. can you?
1: Yeah, completely. So, how can you make that work for you and not the other way around?
0: So, what is the business?
1: Oh, it's called Mindful Team. Um, we've also got. um. Some card game called the retrospective game um and yeah it's all about <laughs> um quite funnily um it's all about cultivating happy performing high performing teams so actually integrating happiness into everything you do by actually regularly refre- reflecting with your team and encouraging that within the workplace you know expanded into pretty much anything that's so all about um, building that community or embedding community into learning So that you not only learn from an expert, but actually you've got a whole group of other like minded entrepreneurs, for example, um, who are sharing experiences, but also learning together. So you have that group, because, you know, as you know, right, being an entrepreneur is a lonely place and it can be quite difficult. And yeah, it's hard to, you know, at some point, you know, you want people that you can open up to to understand what you're talking about and what you're going through um and share you know so yeah
2: you are listening to naked by the future farm where entrepreneurship is stripped to its vulnerable core
0: So you decided to build a business that is focused on sustainability and happiness. So not following the crazy ambition of the hockey stick and the scalability and all the other beautiful buzzwords, Um, (laughs) but talking about it, you sound as involved and as emotionally engaged as any other entrepreneur that we come across who is chasing the the crazy scale dream as opposed to, ah, no, I'm just going to cruise along and be happy and make an (laughs) impact. And so how's that going?
1: (laughs) Do you know what? I think, um, you know, obviously like, especially now, um, especially now being at home, taking on a new project, things are busy. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I have had some stressful times over the last few weeks where I'm like, Oh my God, there's so much to do, but I'm trying my best to, make time for me and make time um for just you know shooting the breeze and just connecting with my family and doing all these things that I didn't really do the first time around and actually just holding myself account like okay hold on Um, is this the right way so I kind of I guess have this other side of me that has grown from the previous experience that is keeping myself in check um and yeah, and just making sure that I don't go down that same path as before. But like I said, like it's not a case of like, you know what, we're doing it this way around and everything is is group is gravy, right? And everything is easy. No. we're still going through the same challenges, but I think without having this weight of other people, you know, in some ways some you know, investors or additional pressures, that just allows us to really focus on our users and our platform.
0: Did you try to do this with your old business? Was that how you approached it? Did you follow the very traditional predictable path of shiny lights and VC money and and all that? Uh
1: yeah, not yeah, we went after, we chased VC money like mad, but um but the, I think the point is that we went down a corporate accelerator and I think as soon as you take money um especially when you take money before you've really proven anything, okay, we we, didn't, we hadn't even validated our idea at that point, right? So we had a good idea. We got into Accelerator. We got given a convertible loan note at that time. Um, so that, that was the deal. And so we, the pressure was to go out and raise again, right? Otherwise, that would turn into debt.
2: And it was and a so, cycle. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we were maybe a couple of steps behind where we probably should have been. Obviously, because it was like back in 2012. So it was the early... Um, The early stages of our ecosystem you know so it was all very new and people were getting checks for ideas on a piece of paper right Um, so as soon as you go into that cycle then you're chasing money Um, and you know it's a fine line right between okay doing what you've got to do in order to get the money or doing what's right for your customers or even knowing what's right what are the next few stages we didn't really know the first time around we were doing it um we you know we would take literally everybody every person we would go and see would give us advice, and we we thought that was good advice, and we'd take it, so we were all mm. kind of being pushed from pillar to post and yeah, just going round and round and with that pressure of we need to raise in x period of time, you know, and it was hard it was hard
0: it
2: mm. was really, really hard and you had a co founder at the time, right, which yeah, I believe Julia, was your friend, yeah. yeah. Or is your friend? Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. How did that exactly. add in maybe as a factor? Or maybe it didn't, but how did that play yeah. out for you?
1: Yeah, so I, I talk about this every so often as well. Um, so me and Juju, we, you know, we're amazing. I think we are even better for that experience, right? But I think that in the beginning, you know, when you go into business with someone and you only really know one dimension, you know, me and Julia only had happy times. So we only had fun. We only had like good times on a Friday night, Saturday night, whatever. There were no negative aspects to that relationship. There was no, there, it hadn't been tested.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so when you start to be tested, it, it's difficult. You don't know how either of you are going to react to that. You don't know what that additional stress is going to put um, or add to in that relationship. And I think that is the the challenge for a lot of founders. So, that was difficult. It was tricky in, on occasions, but at the same time we went through a lot of shit together. It was like, we were flatmates, right? We lived together as well. Um, so we went through a lot. It was like, we always joked like we were married. Mm. Because we were living yeah. together, we had a business together. We were friends and it was, and we had our baby, which was Bunny Bounce. And yeah, of course so you're gonna go through challenging times and you, you're gonna have to, you have to grow as a, as a individual. That's the whole point. It's like up until that point, like life was almost like easy breezy. You know, you half of the things that you go through as an entrepreneur ache into a lifetime of experience because you're going to go through so many ups and downs and the test is how you actually get up from the downs. That's where the real learning comes in, right? And so for us, we're kind of like learning all these things. We're learning about each other. We're learning about ourselves. Um, And yeah, you know, but at the end of it, we we had, you know, I remember a few conversations to really kind of like unpick some of the things that we've gone through and a lot of crying, a lot of laughter. Um, Yeah, it was tough. It was hard. It was, yeah. But at the same time, you know, Julie is my my girl. So for me, she's probably one of the people I trust the most in the world because we've been through shit together, you know. yeah, Um, And I, I really respect and understand what that means do mm. go through something with someone do
0: you remember the first time when you were in that business that you felt oh my god i'm not equipped to deal with this so the first time that you were walking on that little wobbly bridge and suddenly there was this big <laughs> big wind <laughs> you go okay what are we doing now
1: do you know what i would say that that came towards the end
0: mm-hmm. because
1: from in my in my head there was no way we could fail. Like, in fact, no, sorry. That came, I think we'll, we'll talk about like, the ayahuasca trip later, but. Oh yeah. I want to hear about that. After that, that's when I was like, it's okay. It's okay for this to fail. That was the first one because for me it couldn't fail. And that was part of my problem. My issue is that it couldn't fail. So I put everything above, I put my, um, you know, I put lack of failure above myself. Like this thing couldn't fail. Like it just couldn't. Mm -hmm. So everything. Yeah. I put everything above myself and that was the the worst thing you could do. It's the the worst. It's the, you know, yeah, it was just awful. I realized like how much I was sacrificing um, just because it couldn't fail. It it become too big to fail, let's say, or yeah.
2: How Um, much did you sacrifice actually? I'm curious if you now have a reflection.
1: yeah, just I guess my mental health and my happiness and my well being. But I started to explore solutions to um why I, I wasn't feeling great. And I remember going to the doctors and my doctor was like, Okay, two options. One, um, you can go and take some antidepressants or two, you can go in the C B T course. And I I found it really remarkable that my doctor's gonna um offer me. <laughs> antidepressants and i haven't been tested for anything she hasn't actually um asked me too much about what was going on in my life like that was just the the option so i went with the cbt course and that was amazing because i started to understand that my life was out of balance um and that you know maybe we should mention sorry to
0: interrupt so cbt being cognitive behavioral therapy yeah
1: um, yeah just to establish
0: the terminology (laughs) sorry interrupt
1: exactly no worries at all um And that's when I realized that, you know, I remember that there was this one exercise which was about sort of the pillars of your life and that you, you know, spending time with family, doing uh, your hobbies, your exercises, all of these things, seeing your friends. um, Like your life wheel. Mm. Yeah. And Mm. I was doing none of these except the work. (laughs) Everything was in one pot. Like I had everything in one pot. And I actually didn't want to see anyone. Like, that's the thing. Is that I had this real aversion to actually go and see my family, for example, because I just I wanted to. I didn't want to see anyone. I just wanted to work on on, on the business and make it make it work. Um,
0: Would you yeah. have considered going to a therapist uh, if you hadn't been pushed or nudged into that direction?
1: Um, I think I had actually prior. I had had three sessions, like maybe about ten years ago, so way before this about yeah other stuff and um I just didn't find it beneficial at the time no actually that's a lie I think after a couple of sessions I felt better I don't think it was the therapy but I just naturally was kind of like feeling better and I was fine but it wasn't something that I had I thought was going to necessarily work for me but it was once I realized I had these tools I was like okay and I started to implement these tools. I started to at least have a little bit more of a balance. And then it was the ayahuasca that really...
2: Yeah, but hold on, hold
1: on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> because you, you're you jumping into what I'm waiting for. But before you go there, so you you say... I, Somebody's
0: I, keen to talk about ayahuasca. Oh, very much, very much.
2: I was like, Emma, that's the key. No, but you, you, you keep saying, like, I I ha- I got those tools, so I started implementing them. So tell us more yeah. about that. What tools So like,
1: you so just the fact of measuring how I was feeling because that's one of the things that I had to do so every week or every other week I can't remember how often I used to go but um every before each session I would have to like mark how I was feeling um on a scale of one to ten something like that um and it just just actually the the art of thinking about that and reflecting on that hence you know in some ways my team, but yeah but just that just helped me to Okay, realise, no, I'm not feeling great. Okay, what's the action I'm gonna take? You know, it's almost like the actualization step
0: mm-hmm. before
1: the action and 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 all of that. Um so that was one. Two, each week I was introduced to a different technique. And those techniques, um, just that information really just helped me to challenge myself a little bit and to think about, okay, do I fall into that bucket? Is this is this something I can implement? And it just got me experimenting, I would say with things to actually solve the issue rather than a chemical solving the issue. Like I do, at that point I was like, okay, let me try these different things to actually do it, to actually see, um, see, yeah, if I can do it myself, yeah. almost like a biohack in some ways. Like, mm.
0: Well, one of the things we're interested in when we talk um, to entrepreneurs is the tools that they use, but we also try to trace it back to the signals that they yeah. hear or see or feel. And it sounds a little bit like you really made an effort to ignore all the signals until there was a medical thing that put you to that. Looking back now, were there signals that you maybe knowing what you know now you should have been more kind of open to?
1: Yeah, 100%. And I think that that's almost like, you know, when you're in your, at least, well, I'm, I'm going to say this in a very generalized way, but it's my view of like that chapter of my life in my 20s, not really knowing anything about me and looking for, looking for Emma outside of myself. So looking for putting, you know, wearing specific clothes or having all these things and it's all outside of yourself. And so you don't really know who you are. I didn't really know who I was. And I think back to that, I'm like, Oh my God, like what's that? You know, but it's just because you're fearful of going inside. Like I was just really fearful of going inside and what I was going to discover, I would say. Um, and so it was actually realizing that actually that's the solution. So I remember like I used to smoke cigarettes and even, and this was during this period when I quit smoking, it was the headspace app. In fact, that's when I was like on this role of like, well, let me discover and try all these things out. And it was the headspace app. I remember in the free trial, the 10 day trial bit where they like the guy gets you thinking about your thoughts. And that's when I was like, hold on a second. Yeah. When I was going out for a cigarette, just to distract myself it wasn't really for anything else I wasn't really addicted to cigarettes but it was a way of just like getting out and just getting away from my work and then I realized that oh shoot it's just a thought going through my head I don't need to actually act on them right I don't need to act on them and then when you start doing that in other aspects of your life then you realize that okay you you know you you're in control you can stop you can you know, or do specific things or challenge those aspects of yourself that I feel are like programmed from when you're, you know, when you're younger.
2: Yeah, I guess, you know, yeah. here listening to you sounds like it's a easy bit to figure out, you know, a kind of make the notes and, uh, and then reflect. Um, but I guess uh, there is uh, that build up, building up that habit really around it, I guess, mm. is also powerful. Um were you alone on that journey of uh, learning more about yourself, facing yourself?
1: Um, I think, yeah, to a degree. I didn't really, I, I did share it with some people, but not massively. Because again, it was a period of my life where I didn't, it was just, It was almost like just personal to me. Now I'm, I'm. you know, way more open to sharing all sorts with people, you know, hence uh, being on this podcast. But it wasn't, I don't think it was something that I would necessarily be open to sharing um, because I think it's almost, again, it's it's, um, stigmatized in a way. Right. So even, you know, mental health, it's only now that it's really being spoken about at length and in the open and that our governments are actually doing things about this stuff. Um, But before, yeah, you, you, you don't want to appear weak. You don't want to appear vulnerable. And I think that's the point. Most people don't want to be vulnerable with other people. They just put on this facade of this aspect of my personality. So most of the time you see one side of people, right? You see one side or whatever they want to project, um, but you don't see much real, you don't see the reality. Um, Yeah. And, you know, I've seen that firsthand where, you know, somebody, you may see one side of someone and then realize that they're really hurting inside and they're going through all sorts of demons.
0: It's, um, it's also interesting to see how people respond when you just talk about seeing a therapist, people yeah. get uncomfortable just yeah. listening to me going, Hey, I had a session with a therapist and I found out something really interesting about myself <laughs> and people go, yeah. what? And it's like, yeah. yeah. And there's nothing wrong with me because of that. Right. That's the whole point. But, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: It's, true. <laughs> it's so true.
2: I mean, we surfaced okay. a lot about people just by the example, right? I mean, I'm, mm. I'm sure it raised a lot of questions by he just by hearing your story or when you share with somebody. It's like it yeah. just kind of brings that mirror, really, to our Here's something to exactly. me, you.
0: So exactly. I went to see – I was in the council about a year ago because I had lost my dad and a few things were happening. And we had such a nice progressive – kind of conversations and I felt good because I felt like I was learning something and there was one session where she told me you know what you're very reflective but at the same time I feel like there's a barrier somewhere I can't go beyond that
1: and it's like you decide
0: to zoom in and out and what you let in and not but you're very eloquent around this and I thought wow so I walked away from this and when I came back the next session I had to acknowledge to her that the only thing I heard her say to me was you're not as good at that counseling thing as I thought you were (laughs) <laughs> right, and it's ridiculous. Mm. It's absolutely ridiculous. But the whole point of this is that it's a conversation that just puts little seeds, and you think about this, and yeah, and, and there's exactly. a lot around getting people to also acknowledge that. But, I mean, everybody who has the courage to ask for help mm. does it because they need it. So the more open yeah. you are about asking, the more you'll get something out of this, even if you don't notice it at that point. Right? Yeah,
1: completely, completely, and it just makes you you know there are so many of us and you know we're all victims to it where you maybe just have a specific view on something and just having actually being challenged challenging your views actually just makes you makes you expand you expands you right it makes helps you to grow because yeah we should the whole point of learning is actually challenging ideas like even if somebody's ideas are really against them you get better ideas by actually just you know laying them out with someone and challenging them otherwise no new ideas will come and you're just you just continue in that specific direction but actually you, you learn from from that um and it's so it's so important and I, I actually lo- I you know I have a therapist now actually and I absolutely love it because I feel like I'm going into these and just playing out things that have happened and I'm learning from my experiences and just having somebody to bounce them off, bounce off, you know, what we're going through in life. Um, And yeah, life isn't easy, but it becomes easier when you do share and you do open up and you, I think that's the key when you keep it all to yourself, that's where things can go a because you can go down a a path of thinking something's like this um, and alienate yourself or you know there's so many different things that you can do and it's just
2: in your head um so you went deeper though from you know headspace and some <laughs> of those practices so you went for that yeah. retreat tell us about it what were the triggers yeah. why did you go what happened there you know
1: what right the and i went it was so funny right so it was a really really good friend of mine just sort of had gone no like he was about to go he'd been invited to go and um he's like em do you want to come with me and I was like whoa like what is that I didn't even know what it was um the only in fact the, I the only experience I'd had of even the word I just remembered like I'd watched BBC um back in I think 20 2007 something like that I think Bruce Parry had this like BBC documentary series on the Amazon. And I think he'd gone to, in one of the episodes, he'd taken Ayahuasca. And that took me back to when I was like a teenager watching Carlos, sorry, reading Carlos Castaneda books about peyote and all this. So that was my my view of it. I was like, oh, so it's probably like peyote. But I, had, I was like, after reading, I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to take anything like that. Because um, it just seemed so scary and so unreal. But, you know, kind of a spiritual person. But I thought, you know what? Yeah, why not? And then I remember um, I couldn't go, so um, I couldn't go. It was it was it was full, and the next slot was three months later. And so um, during those three months, I really really reflected on it, and then I decided, you know what? Yeah, let me just go. I'll go. And I remember the day before I went on the retreat, um, our we had just received news that our non-exec director was stepping down. So I was like, oh my God, so everything within this, you know, our world, the startup world was starting to just feel a little bit like, whoa, Mm. yeah. Massive turmoil. I was like, you know, fuck it, I'm going. And I went and, you know, 10 strangers, no, 11 of us. There were 11 of us, 11 strangers. I felt so scared because I was like, again, like I had these anxieties around being on my own and all this kind of stuff. And I went and did that. And it was probably like one of the best things I've done. And purely because I had, I think, if I were to sum up that experience, it was almost like, being able to see things from a different perspective. So seeing things from a perspective of something bigger than ever. That's, that's the way I describe that.
0: Um, And that what happens when you take it, so just our listeners actually know what we're talking about. So it's, it's a, it's a plant, it's a hallucinogenic substance yeah right
1: yes so I didn't really know what to expect I'd watched some videos on YouTube just to kind of get an understanding and those just made me freak out a bit more because I was like oh my god what am I getting myself into um but I kind of trusted my gut and went along and the way it worked was that um at five o'clock we'd all kind of like take this drink just like yeah as you said plant two the bark of one plant and the leaves of another mixed together that they boil and then you take it and for five hours it <laughs> just um proper cleansing how can I describe it I mean. like but each day was I did it three days over three days so I did it three times over three days the first night was just like going to another world and coming back like losing sense of, like I wasn't Emma. I felt like I had lost, they, they call it, um, what's it called? Ego, ego death. So you kind of like, yeah, lose a sense of who you are. Like, and I kind of, yeah, it's going to sound so weird, but I, I kind of embodied a lot of people who were closest to me. So I kind of got to empathize with them and what they might be going through, especially with, you know, myself. And I cried loads. Um. Yeah, and I, I think progressively over the three days, I started to make sense of things that happened in my life, and just, yeah, I, it's it's so hard to describe, but yeah, I, it's hard to describe. the The best way I can say it is like you just sort of get a sense of something bigger than yourself and the unity of all things. So rather than again that mm. separation of like we're all these individuals and I don't know, you can just like shout at that person because they're an idiot. Just this feeling of real unity. Mm -hmm. Um, And then actually, you know, people, it's so cliche, but people say, you know, we're all one. So when you see things like that, um, and I'm not saying it completely changed me, right? It was an experience that helped me to see things differently. And that has stayed with me massively. Like I would say that I probably, and it's going to sound so weird because this was what six years ago such a long time ago um but it has stayed with me in the sense that I think the way that I see things shifted the way that I see life shifted and it's so hard to describe because it's not that I changed or everything changed it's just that it's almost like something else I got more information in let's say and so that additional information makes me think like oh okay like I just yeah I just the way I see things just completely shifted and I, I'm not scared of as many things that I was scared of before yeah I was just so fearful of so many things and that fear stopped me from doing things or and now I'm like you know what you get this one life I've got one life of me I, <laughs> just do what the fuck I want to do I'm not gonna like be I'm not going to be held back by limiting beliefs and all of that type of thing. And I would say that there's probably not one week that I haven't gone without thinking about some aspect of that experience. It's really scary, but that experience was probably one of the most transformative and most important experiences I've had ever.
0: You are listening to Naked by The Future Farm, where entrepreneurship is stripped to its vulnerable core. This conversation is always about what tools do people find to help them once yeah. they acknowledge yeah. something's happening, right? So it's really interesting. First of all, your openness is really very refreshing and it's nice to also hear, not, not just nice, it's not the right word, it's good to hear that you got into this in a very reflected manner, in preparing yourself for it, right?
1: We do yeah. see people yeah. trying
0: to cope with, um, with whatever they're experiencing, with all sorts of mechanisms that are not helpful and there's recreational drugs, yeah. there's a lot of... Hardcore substance abuse and and people don't yeah. realize that they're closely related. Right. So we need to be a little bit cautious around that. But at the same time, there's this thing about triggers to recognize, uh, look to yeah. find vocabulary around it, to describe what you're experiencing very much like you did. Right. And then, and then looking for tools, um, yeah. I mean, you sort of mentioned the CBT that you sort of nudged towards. Or were nudged towards. You mentioned your your transformative experience in that journey, or, or now it's sort of coming out of it. And you also have taken some decisions on the back of that, right? Um, what was the process of taking this experience and coming back to cold London um, uh, yeah. from the Amazon and going, okay, these are the things I need to change. And this is the stuff I need to maintain to actually be supportive.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I realized, like the main thing that I brought back that was related to my startup experience, was that uh, there was there were a couple of main things. So one, love myself. That was the big message. That was the big kind of reveal of the of the weekend or the the few days. And then the the other one that was related to my business, which is that it's okay to fail. Because again, like I said before, I was just like, nope, there's no way, there's no way. And just like, you know, like, I don't know, um, it was like a release. Like, actually, if I could go here on <laughs> the Ayahuasca trip, failure is not so, like, what's the worst that could happen? It's almost like I could, um, I, I was allowing myself to look beyond the the tunnel, right? Because I had this tunnel vision of like, no, 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 I can't bear, I can't bear. And I was like, actually, no. Look beyond the horizon. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. What's the word? What? And so what? You know. And I was able to rationalize that. As, it's okay. You know what? If we fail, it's only money. You know. It's um. You know what? For this experience, you're going to be a better person. You're gonna. You. You, you know. You learn a hell of a lot. And if it isn't. If I have to go back into the world of work where I'd come from, the corporate environment. Do you know what? You this this experience is like that times ten. So you're going to be able to kind of fall back into to anything, you know? And yeah, and it was just this acceptance. And that was just the biggest thing. Like, and that just gave me like, do you know what? This is going to play out the way that it's going to play out. There's nothing, I can't have control over this. And it, things just played out um, in a really bizarre way. Like things just played out. And I was just, I always felt like a bystander. I was just like watching it all play out. I'm like, oh my God, like yeah it was just like i <laughs> I'd seeing things from a different different perspective and it
0: would it be fair to okay. say or at least it sounds like you kind of separated the business the failure of the business from a personal failure
1: yeah yeah so, exactly. right because
0: the way you exactly. described at the beginning your business was you
1: yeah exactly and then
0: you went away and then you came back and suddenly the business was a business that it had its own journey yeah. but it didn't mean yeah. that. okay very interesting and not
1: allowing myself to suffer you know that like that line of like um pain is inevitable but suffering is optional and it was like you can latch on something and then you can just make it a part of you and it's like you're gonna go through you know life is not you know we have this we're kind of fed this belief of like yeah happiness is like this thing over here or this phone or this all this like superficial stuff but actually life is hard right we're gonna lose people we're gonna go through all this stuff but if you can separate not separate but you can try to engage with it learn from it go through it allow yourself to grieve allow yourself to 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 love, and rather than restricting yourself or trying to control everything, that's when you suffer, and that's what I was allowing myself to do by actually, you know, con- trying to control things or latch onto things, and yeah, limit myself. It just, yeah, it wasn't. I wasn't helping myself. Do you think
2: there are any topics that you wish we would be talking more about within the entrepreneurial space and beyond?
1: Yeah, failure. <laughs> Failure, just just failure. Yeah, I think it's. I think there are some places that are starting to bring up this topic, but um, still seeing a lot of the like success. You know, success stories that right, brilliant. These are all the things that were achieved along the way. But what were all the learnings like along each step, and what were yeah? So I think like is it startup funeral, uh, that tech hub, do these types of things, right? What, you know, because, you know, what is it, 90, was it 95% of of startups fail? So we need to hear those stories, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and and actually by hearing those stories, I think it helps people to accept this as a truth. And I think that's fundamental. It's it's so fundamental. Thank you. Thank you.
2: For joining us was awesome too. You know, (laughs) hear your all your stories and learn from it. Really,
1: no, thank you. I think what you guys are doing is awesome. So yeah, Yeah, that's very cool.
0: Thank you.
2: You know the the death of an ego was something which stayed with me, and I was like, "Is ego an interesting conversation? Maybe for the future. Like, I think ego." is certainly helpful to some extent you know I would love to unpack this but it was interesting when she just said it that that was the first emotion she came across after taking the substance Um,
0: absolutely and and it was sort of linked to something she said towards the end which was all about acceptance yes except letting go accepting things the way they are and it's it's one big kind of it all fits together right
2: I was just reflecting on what you said in terms of like accepting myself fully. And I'm, and I was just like thinking in my mind, like, what is there? Like, what are the ways to help me to get there? Because I think it's what she said at the end is that we all evolve con- continuously. So obviously it's a journey to get there. But I'm even wondering, like, you know, and this is more of a philosophical question, I guess, is like, can you, is there a state where you can say like, oh, I feel I accept myself fully with, you know, everything?
0: Um, I think it was really interesting to hear. i talk about um, how it went very quickly from I have a physical, a medical problem to, hey, maybe you should try antidepressants or maybe you should see a therapist mm-hmm. and how well, that was a big shock, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, straight away to antidepressants, but also then how, the openness to go and see a therapist and then talking a little bit about that stigma around therapists and the the kind of acknowledging that you need help and uh, because it's okay to go and see a medical doctor, but it's not okay to go and see a doctor that's looking after your emotional well-being, right?
2: Yeah, and that it's still an issue today, right? right? The same as... Although we hear a lot that it it is changing and even I guess the fact that we are talking to somebody like Emma live you know about it and she's open to it so I really hope that this will become normalized Um, so I was just saying I think it is different than six years ago but you know remember even in our like conversation a few days ago we just heard from other part of the world where the founder was saying like oh my god it was not an emerging market it was like here it is fully stigmatized still like you can't really came up with saying i'm having a, you know a sessions with psychotherapists like there's absolutely something wrong with you so an, an important one to put focus on
0: mm. when we talk about signals i think there's one piece here which we we also need to maybe put on the table is when you're not in that space that you actually know how to listen to signals to show that something, something's happening with you emotionally or mentally, the body response, right? In her case, she had to f- have the medical.
2: Yeah, that kick.
0: The, the vitamin D deficiency. Um, and and it did remind me of the times in, in Startup Community The Accelerator when we actually saw people having physical issues. Uh, and sometimes it would be simple things in inverted commas, but it would be persistent things um, where that instantly stopped the moment you kind of helped them unpack it um, because suddenly it was clear that it wasn't that. Uh, it's also interesting about communication where you suddenly acknowledge that something is enough. Up- um, it comes with that sense of ego and pride and yeah, you don't want to share because... How will people look at you? But then when you share, and again, seeing this happening time and time again, when you share with the peer, what's more likely to happen is they go, oh my God, it happens to me as well. Mm. Because we all go through this, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the body part, like I really do believe that it is all integrated. The mind, body, soul, you know. Um, So probably the kick comes from a place which is just easier for you to understand right and where you are more connected maybe i guess which might change as you evolve through the journey as well so maybe and you know we can ask emma next time it's like whether it has changed for her actually what the triggers are today mm-hmm. that could be interesting and also last one on the coping part so i was there with her when she was when when we talked together a lot about like i'm um, coping through rationalizing a lot i've heard that and that was part of me which went back to the experience i had in new york with a group called everyman and when they actually try to move you towards the somatic experience which is healing through emotion right so kind of suppress the ra- ratio of the mind and connect with emotion and i'm just like Maybe a trigger for us for another conversation is that what is that balance? How does this work? It's still really kind of um, a space where I am floating, really. And as a strongly, you know, being like a person who uses mind a lot to solve problems, <laughs> I So, think, are yeah. you going
0: to try ayahuasca?
2: Oh, uh, indeed. That that that. Are you coming with me? Actually,
0: no. No. <laughs> uh,
2: okay, I'm doing I'm not it now.
0: I'm not at the point where I can give control completely over. I'm still Mm. flawed little meat.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You can interview me afterwards. Let's make a deal. Let's do that. Deal.
0: Okay, cool. You've been listening to Naked by The Future Farm, where entrepreneurship is stripped to its vulnerable core. To learn more about our work, sign up to our newsletter or visit thefuturefarm.co where you can also apply to be a Naked guest. Naked is produced by Dan Terzell, coordinating producer Alenad Zamidava and edited by Catherine Tworkin. And remember, subscribe, follow and rate Naked to help share it with the world.